the stuff you commented on in the um, chat, Roy? Was that today? Yeah, you said like an UG to it or something. Oh, we're hey, live. Hey, Shizzy. Oh. What's up, gentlemen? Sorry we're late, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we, uh, I had some uh, conflict and uh, then we had some technical issues, but we are here now live. So uh, we'll figure all that out after because I'm not still not sure what we're talking about. But uh, anyway, um, unless it was from the other day and then anyway, we'll talk about it later. Hey, Shizzy. Hey, Euphoric. We are here. Thank you uh, for joining us. Um, what's going on, Joe? Oh, man, just uh, living the dream, right? <laughs> no, I've just been uh, I'm getting a demo on that AI system today, later on. Um, so I'll have more to talk about that. And there was something released by X7 that I haven't dug through yet. But evidently, their developers talk to each other on chain. So you can see everything there, too. Nice. Um, which I guess is pretty cool. Um, I haven't dug through it yet, but it looks like good stuff. Other than that, markets look a little, you know, crabby today. Everybody's waiting on that inflation uh, print tomorrow and how that'll affect the Fed, i.e. 50 bips or 25 bips. So, um, you know, yesterday yeah, was a good day, but out now we're just, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how about you? What's going on with you? I uh, had an awesome interview with uh, a project called IPOR Protocol, uh, credit swap, uh, interest rate swap derivatives going after that $450 trillion debt market in TradFi world. Uh, nice. With some really cool governance models built into their system for their token. Uh, the DAO governance structure is really cool. Um, the tokenomics are pretty innovative. And uh, this platform looks cool. These guys, the guys have been around since 2011. Uh, when Mt. Gox was around, they built and ran the most, the number two exchange behind Mt. Gox. Um, went through a bunch of stuff, but uh, this project looks uh, pretty top notch. Team of about 18 people, uh, a bunch of quants from the TradFi space. And it's to really looks like a really powerful opportunity and platform. Um, so uh, anyway, it was a great interview that'll uh, hit next week. I am so far behind on interviews right now to get them out. Uh, there'll be one hitting tomorrow and uh, probably one hitting Friday and then Monday and then Wednesday and then Friday. Cause I've got a queue of about five to get out. So uh, apologies to uh, all of you folks that I interviewed that haven't had your episode hit yet, but thankfully none of them were too timely. Uh, in terms of the discussion. So, um, wow. What else is going on? I got a bunch of shit loaded up. You got anything you want to talk about? Um, why don't you just load up? Let's let it rip. And, um, I'm sure a bunch of shit will come into my mind at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is Ipor. Uh, like I said, pretty cool product, pretty cool platform. They do have a retail interface or a UI interface, but their primary model is offer their um, debt uh, trading tools um, uh, for protocols and TradFi to integrate with. Um, but the average person will be able to take part in these markets. So it's um, it's pretty cool, pretty powerful team. Um, anyway, everybody can take a look at that. I pour, okay. IPOR, I-P-O-R dot I-O, I-P-O-R dot I-O. 
Mm. Uh, that one might come back to haunt him. Yeah. I poor. Yeah. He, I think they wanted to sound like uh, uh, iPod. Libor. Oh. Oh, that's okay. They were they were going for with it. Um, and he was like, yeah, it's memeable. I said, yeah, it's definitely memeable. That's for throw another story. zero, throw another zero in there. Right. I've poor. <laughs> I guess it'd be an O, but you know, anyway, zero pitch as well. I also put in a show notes, um, you know, they're taking on a, a tackling from a tokenomics perspective, kind of the whole, all the problems that exist currently with liquidity mining, um, enhancing and making better kind of the locked model with Curve and other pro providers that are copying it. There's a really good article I'll put in the show notes as well for this and for the episode next week um, that really goes into what they're doing. I'm, I'm So far, I'm really impressed. I haven't taken a deep dive on this protocol, but I'm really impressed with what they've gone. Um, anybody that uh, was um, helping out with the protocol over the last, they've been live for five months. They've been in development for a year and a half or so, two years. Um, anybody that's been involved or done anything with the protocol over the last uh, time frame is also going to get some some airdrop goodies coming. Uh, I don't know if you can still participate and then get that, but uh, that is coming from them as well. So anyway, good team, good stuff. Uh, I'm uh, I was very interested in it. Uh, started getting a feel for Twam. Uh, I have no idea why. I went down a fucking rabbit hole, but I didn't really quite understand what it was all about. Uh, got a better understanding of uh, basically it's a protocol for trading for uh, whales so they can uh, divide up their giant trades into much smaller pieces so it doesn't impact market price. Um, pretty cool concept. I'm going to talk about, about that more next week. UK is committing to becoming the global crypto hub despite the FTX collapse. Uh, I, I guess now every mainstream article written about crypto is going to be a despite or because of FTX collapse article. <laughs> So, oh, Shizzy says he's staking a little USD right. on Ipor. Excited to watch it. Well, hopefully, because you are staking, you will get uh, you will get some of the drops of the Ipor token. So uh, that'll be cool. They have a really cool tiered model for participation and governance. Um, they're you know fully preparing to hand off most of the functionality of the system to um, to the DAO. And um, anyway, good stuff. So yeah, Shizzy, I'm excited to see where they go too. Um, UK still baiting the crypto drum. I hope they uh, continue with that. Uh, I think that's a, a good opportunity for any country that has enough sense to um, actually. I've got my crypto it. London shirt on today. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> no, I had it long before crypto London, but um, oh, I just had by coincidence had it on at the same time. That's hilarious. Um, look, I, I, we talk about crypto London a lot. I think it's such a natural. I mean, they got to fill the goose eggs for the Russian money, but, you know, they are really the, I mean, biggest, um, and I'm not saying this in a negative light, you know, offshore banking center in the world. It's just yeah. done in plain sight. So, yeah. um, and it comes historically from the British, if I'm not mistaken, didn't have global taxation until recently. So you, that's why you see a lot of these structures around London and other places, because, you know, you could go make money in another country and you don't have to pay taxes to the crown for it. Um, it was, you know, untaxed, basically. So there were ways that money would move in and out of London, financial markets, in you know, private ways. So they get it. And if crypto's there, I mean, this is with the regulations, like we talk about, you know, you got one regulator that you yeah. have to win over. Um, you don't have to win over, what, 13 agencies here, I think, 
Um, yeah, exactly. We just talk about CFTC and SEC, but there's a whole host of other ones in there at the state and, you know, federal level that carry a lot of weight. So it makes sense. If you're there, do it. If not, you might want to consider moving there to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a good place to be. Uh, and, um, you know, look, I, I think they're, I think they're going to secure a lot of innovation and finance into the UK because of it. It's a smart, smart well, move. it's a great yeah. offshore location for euros. I mean, for the EU countries. Yep. So it's yep. close. Yep. On the other hand, we have Hong Kong trying to be a crypto hub. Um, mm-hmm. And frankly, uh, I can't imagine anybody actually trying to build anything uh, in Hong Kong right now because you, you just don't know what the Chinese government's going to do, right? You, 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 if you invest any kind of significant sums there, it's just like what's happening with, you know, Chinese markets because of, of corporate takeovers and the things they're doing. People are scared to do business there. Well, I would be just as nervous uh, to be in Hong Kong. Now, the funny thing is I tweeted that uh, and said, um, you know, yeah, Jack Niblet says Jack Ma knows what the CCP will do. Your, yeah. your company is not your company if you're operating in, in inside of anywhere that China has control. But the interesting thing was I tweeted that uh, basic sentiment and Mark Jeffrey replied and said, well, you know, you could make the same argument about the United States in terms of crypto that you don't know what the hell's going to happen and the risk is very high uh, from a regulatory perspective. And that that's not a... That's not an unfair point, right? I mean, it's much worse, I think, in Hong Kong slash China in terms of the government control of that. But we could very well, you know, see bans, shutdowns, whatever, from a regulatory perspective. I don't think it'll happen, but it's a possibility. And um, and so, you know, he made a really good point um, that well, we, and we we often talk about the fact that the the lack of clarity here is driving people away. I, the the founder of IPOR is a United States citizen. He lives in Milan, Italy. He has no interest in building anything within the borders of the United States related to crypto. Be, you know. Well, he, he shouldn't. Um, it's not like he's a saint or anything. But the thing is that with Hong Kong, what you got to remember is that, is that um, it's not just the, you know, the legal system is trash at this point. I mean, it's been completely corrupted by the mainland Chinese. So you will never win in any type of right. thing, at least... You know, in the U.S., if you have some, if you do are successful, and then you're fighting your way through regulatory BS, you can do it, and you don't have to worry about, you know, for the most part, unless you're doing something really bad, you know, filling into the anti-terrorism kind of stuff or funding it or whatever. They really aren't gonna, you know, come in and throw you in a gulag and then right. make you they, like prove your way out. I mean, you have yeah, to have really gonna, kind of done something. They're not. They're not going to come in and take your entire fucking company away from you like they did to Ma, right? They're not going to do yeah, that. You don't you have to worry about here. And that's a valid point. I, I think he yeah. was more talking towards the risk on the regulatory risk uncertainty. And, sure. and, and I think that's a fair argument to be made in the United States. But you're right. You got a much better fighting chance here. And you can actually uh, lobby and and work for change to regulatory structures here. Uh, whereas there, yeah. uh, that's a fucking black box. Yeah. And also, let's remember, this isn't the Hong Kong of three years ago. And, you know, I'm a big I I was always a big I loved going to Hong Kong. It is a fun was is I don't know. I haven't been there in 10 years, but a fun place. And it's you know, it's anything goes uh, business. There's very little red tape um, or there was very little red tape. And all these guys in Hong Kong, all their businesses were incorporated in like the British Virgin Islands, the Caymans, uh, you know, 
we were doing some structures between BVI and Barbados in Hong Kong for these uh, wholly foreign-owned um, companies, Woofies. And, you know, they have it so engineered where you can save like 0.2% on the stamp tax if you run it through Barbados. Hugely um, convoluted structures. But it's right there on the reception area. When you walk into the office of, you know, Hong Kong tycoon number whatever, um, on the back, it says the name of the company. It says the Cayman Islands Corporation. So, you know, they didn't even hide anything. It was just wide open commerce. I don't know what it's like now. Um, I would suspect that, you know, the mainland authorities probably, you know, on the one hand are frowning upon that because, you know, they relied on Hong Kong. But then when Shanghai came up to speed, they moved all the finance from Hong Kong to Shanghai to make Shanghai the financial capital. So they have been kind of bleeding Hong Kong out over that. Um, but it's a fabulous city. I mean, if you can figure out how to make it work, I mean, you can have a lot of fun there. Um, oh, yeah, but, you know, absolutely. I don't know what's, you know, di- it's got to be different now. Um, totally. You know, with the, all the revolts and stuff that were or protests that were going on over the last couple of years and getting stomped down and, you know, China kind of taking a very firm control of what's going on. But hopefully, you know, commerce wins out. Yeah, Niblet says China 2017 national intel law makes all individuals and companies foreign or domestic agents of the government. It's illegal to not comply with an intelligence request. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, from an investment perspective, from a building perspective, this guy, um, you know, this Hong Kong finance regulator, I don't know his name. Anyway, he's got a brutal job because Christopher (laughs) Hugh, because, you know. How are you convincing anyway to anybody to put any kind of money into into Hong Kong right now? Because you don't know if you can get it out, and it's just you know. It, yeah, just, well, yeah, but you know the other thing is that you really have to get the right Chinese consultants on the team if that's what you're going to do, and yeah. you know there are going to be people that are politically connected. I mean, what we used to do now again, this is 15 years ago. This is when everybody thought China was going one way, you know, but it kind of didn't. Um, and so what you would do is you would find out, you know, when people were pitching deals, you would always vet those people. And I would do that with, you know, big, big corporations in, in us corp, well, Western corporations in China. And you just ask, Hey, who you'd ask the Chinese dudes, who is this guy? You know, what's his family all about? And they're like, Oh yeah, his great grandfather was on the long March. You know, he's, he's connected. You want to get that guy on your team. So, because what that means is it reaches all the way to the top. Because you had to be on the long march or somebody in your family had to be on a long march back in 47, 8 time frame or whenever that was. Because um, those are the groups that became the Politburo and all the political leadership. And so they trace it all the way back to those folk. And you have to be you want those guys in because there's no rules. It always becomes a big scrum when there's a big pile of money to divvy up. And you want to make sure your guys are at the top, you know, your advisors <laughs> Or at the top of that heap. I mean, that's good logic for any country. I mean, I would do the same thing in, you know, UAE, Saudi, any of those places, or India, you know, wherever you have um, governments that can influence things, you know, you got to get them on your side or you're not going to win. Well, Dubai Free Zone now has, is now home to more than 500 crypto startups. Dedicated hub for local crypto entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs directed twice as many digital asset startups last year than in 2021. Another great location. I mean, a great location for business. I don't know um, if I like the climate and all of that. Um, 
and you know that whole realm but look you know this they are open for crypto business and i think it's pretty easy to get super easy to get passports and residence permits and things like that doesn't doesn't get you out of any home country obligations you know so don't think that people are just going to forget about it but it does give you an extra passport that you can use for um you know it'll be in your name too i'm not saying these are in other names this is you know everybody knows it's you and you can use right. those to open bank accounts and stuff like that in countries where, you know, if you walk in with an American passport, you're not going to be able to. Right. Right. No, absolutely. No, but if you get what I'm great. saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, ultimately, they are um, they're doing a partner with breaks, the, incentives, et cetera, to get people to come there. Um, basically sandbox for crypto, uh, encouraging it. Did you see that Hong Kong partnership down that last paragraph? No, they're partnering. Yeah. Yeah. No niblets. I'd agree. Well, last paragraph. Hong Kong headquartered venture capital firm Brink. Brink. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I would expect that what's happening, you know, um, Brink has to, um, you know, has their Hong Kong compliance. So when you talk about the the guy you had up a couple slides ago, um, Wei or HUI, whatever his name was. You know, I would suspect that he's somehow there. And so this looks interesting because it makes me think that, you know, Dubai, UAE is always trying to chart an independent course. You know, everybody thinks that, you know, they're trying to chart it from the Americans or, or the Brits. Um, but they're really trying to, you know, Saudis kind of rule all those countries, too, um, to put it bluntly. And, you know, they have to defer to the Saudis. So, you know, in a lot of ways, they're kind of trying to like get all their own connections up. To speed you know a lot of russians are in there too um right now both refugees if you want to call them that and business dudes and you know there are chinese there um and there's hong kong people and there's americans and there's brits and so yeah it's actually a pretty interesting place too but you know watch your p's and q's don't get drunk yeah. in public and watch what you wear and be sensitive to local culture um because right. there's nobody coming to bail your ass out if you get busted for you know, uh, getting it, too drunk at a happy hour. Yeah. Nobody's coming. Up, if you sign up to be there, then you have to sign up to understand that you're going to have to go, abide by what the customs and rules and laws are in that country. I mean, that's just the bottom exactly. of the line, you know, and if you can't do that, don't go there because you don't get to scream about, you know, the freedoms you should have or the freedoms you're supposed to have. So, um, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway. And also, you know, watch, you know, don't, don't get in trouble. Like, uh, what was it? Brittany Griner got in trouble with the carts and the luggage or something. These are zero yeah. tolerance countries. Singapore, yeah, Hong Kong, Dubai. Do not, you know, go in. It's a different culture. I mean, in Singapore, I think you get executed pretty much uh, zero tolerance. They, they have it on all the visa forms. So, yeah. you know, watch that, too, because I know people think that it's everything's legal everywhere. It's not. Yeah. So be careful on that front. Yep. Uh, Niblet said H Hong Kong is a bit more fun than Dubai, or at least it was. Shizzy says Snoop Dogg said Dubai is the one place he won't go. Laughing out loud. I wonder why. Yeah, because he can't go for three <laughs> minutes without st- smoking. Yeah. <laughs> hard for a lib to not be chauvinist. Hard, hard for a lib to not be chauvinist. I don't know. I don't, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what you mean. Or a woman, excuse me. Uh, don't want to be chauvinist. Uh, not sure. Not sure what you mean. Uh, could you explain? We'd love to comment. Thank you. Uh, the Winklevi are going off again. I saw that letter today. I'm like, 
I, I you know, it's like they're just begging for, oh, can't we please settle this without going to court? I mean, that's the last yeah. paragraph of his letter. And it's sort of like, it just makes you look weak, dude. I mean, and plus you just gave all your customers ammo to sue you for lack of proper due diligence. I mean, you exactly. just documented all your mistakes. I mean, it's not like you didn't have an example of being too stupid to keep somebody keeping being too stupid to keep their mouth shut, right? I mean, you've just watched SBF fuck everything up for himself. Um, it, I, I, I don't understand this. Work behind the scenes, get this shit done. I, I think it's posturing from a marketing perspective. That's what he's trying to do um, to keep his customers happy and not leaving him and, and thinking he's full of shit. But it's like, you're right, Joe. At the end of the day, they're going to say, you didn't do the diligence and keep track of my money. And I'm the one that put my money in through you. My money went from Gemini into that. doesn't matter what agreements I signed and clicked through to. The bottom line is you introduced me. You were an agent to this offering. And so you're the one that should have made sure this was safe. I trusted you, right? That I did. I'm not in it, but you know, that's the idea. So anyway, <laughs> look at Amon's comments. What? Please, uh, sir. Can I have a little money? Winkleberry. <laughs> yeah, when airdrop. He's begging, yeah. please give me some fucking money. Yeah. But I don't see, you know, with his dad's connections and we're, can you hear me still? I, I think I tipped my headphone. You're good. No, man. you're good okay. now. Okay. Um, yeah. With his dad's connections and, you know, all that background, I mean, we know these guys got rich from, you know, basically shaking down Zuck as much as I dislike that guy too. But, you know, you would think they'd have enough connections in there to raise some money. Um, I'd be quietly in London trying to raise money right now to shore up Gemini. Or I'd be over in the you know GCC region trying to raise money to shore up my company Gemini if I was um, Cameron or brother. Um, I wouldn't be putting out these lame ass whiny bitch sounding letters. I, I think it's just right. weak. Yeah, and you know, totally I, weak. yeah. So, but you know, and I wish them the best. Up to more liability. It's just stupid. It's just stupid, dude. And and now what are you going to do? Now you've thrown down your last card. So, I mean, your last card is to sue, right? Well, you know, that would have probably been the first step. Just file the lawsuit or have the attorneys hash this shit out. Like we always say, let them do what they do. That's, that's the guys that know how to do that shit. Stop, stop fucking around. So, um, yeah. Co Coinbase laying off another 20%. Uh, so 900, 950 people, um, amid the market downturn. I, I just, I'm, I'm always amazed at how ill-prepared people are for downturns in the economy. I, I just, it's a, it's a yeah. I mean, look, this is more. I mean, if you're an internal employee there, I, I think you pretty much can probably see it's a public company too. You don't have to right. be an employee, but you could see the drop off in like trading fee revenue and in revenue there and customers and everything. So you should have already had your resume or the word out that you were looking to jump um, yeah, they're just waiting around so, for the severance package yeah which you know kind of like it's too bad it's not closer to summer but you know i used to love those severance packages right around you know <laughs> may june when then you got a nice summer break and you go hang out in the greek islands or something like that living off your severance <laughs> i did that with interliant i think i got like nine months out of them it was yeah fucking it was really hard to motivate after nine months but 
you know, I did it. But, well, mine was yeah. when I when the fund went under or when I left the fund, let's put it that way. You know, I had a severance deal there, too, which was paying me a big chunk, like uh, nine months out. I got nothing for the first nine. As long as I behaved, then I would get this big lump sum in nine months. So I left the country and traveled around the world for like nine months. And so I always knew I had that chunk of money when I got back. Nice. But, you know, oh, see, that's nice. You know, that's actually better. It was good. But, you know, let me tell you, can't trust people because when it came back, it turned into a big, you know, fighting over that money. And, you know, I had to just put the hammer down, you know, as yeah. in. Hey man, people are calling me asking about what you guys were doing. Um, I haven't returned the calls yet. <laughs> so like I had the money in my account in two hours, you know? So you don't threaten people. You're just like, come on, man, we had a deal. And I got that's people calling funny. me now asking about you two guys. That's very funny. You know? That's, that's hilarious. I, it reminds me of a story. Um, in the, uh, 96 ish, 97 ish timeframe. My wife at the time and I built a website for a famous female pop star based here in Miami. Um, mm. and it was her fan. I might know who that is. And, um, they are, my, and my wife at the time was half Cuban and half Spaniard. And when they heard that we were working with this person, the family members on the Cuban side said, um, you really need to make sure you're going to figure out how you get paid because, <laughs> Um, they are legendary for not paying. And so, um, launched it. It was on her new album and millions of people were going to the site and it was pretty innovative at the time. And, um, I went to collect sizable sums of money that were owed to me and they ghosted me. Right. So the next message I sent was, listen, you should be aware of something. I know you don't understand how this web stuff works yet, but your domain is registered in my name. And, <laughs> and so those millions of record albums that are out there selling in people's hands, driving people into your website, um, I'd, I'd hate for, you know, I'd hate for that to go away. And suddenly, suddenly I had a meeting on, on the island and uh, money handed over, so... Well, the other cool thing then is you can, you know, sell them the domain name. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't extract more. I took what I was owed yeah. and we agreed to and handed it over. I wanted no oh, to do with them at that point. Yeah. Cause you could go and for being a dick, we're going to sell you this domain name too. No, I used to do that on the stuff that we would structure in, in, in Hong Kong because, you know, I wasn't trusting anybody there either. And, so, you know, I found the lawyers on both, I had the lawyers on both sides of the transactions, you know, that I had brought to the deal and I knew the people, you know, personally. So the way the contracts were structured was that, you know, when the money flowed in from the U.S. folk, the hedgies or whatever, um, that that money couldn't go into China before I got paid. I was the very yeah. first payment in the stack. And so the lawyers nice. were all there nice. enforcing it because I was also paying the lawyers. Right. So it was a wink, wink, nod, nod stuff. We never had any kind of conspiracy or anything, but it was more of that, you know, you know how people are going to behave when they're looking at a list and it says you get paid first and then you're the one who's ultimately going to approve their bill. You know, <laughs> what do you think they do? Exactly. They make sure you're happy, but they make sure everybody's happy too. I mean, everybody got their money. It's just, I wasn't yeah. going to get put in a position where the money moved into China and then I was begging to get paid. 
Yep. And then having to get it back out of China. So, you know, always structure these things in the way where you have some control, at least. Shizzy asks, does Coinbase think the bear market continues in another year? That's what I got from this. Look, I, 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 I think there's two things that happen in these scenarios. First of all, um, you start examining where you hired and you think projects aren't going to go very far or it was what you can perceive now as wasteful hiring, things that aren't as revenue driving hires uh, for your for your company. And so you're like, well, fuck it. While we're in this mess, I might as well keep cutting. You know, it gives you an opportunity to look good to the market, especially when you're a publicly traded company. Right. You know, they. They want to know that you can still operate, still function, still have customers happy, still drive revenue, but at the same time, you're being like really fiscally responsible and cutting everything you can. So you, if this thing lasts for a year, two years, five years, you're in a good position to make it, right? So I think it's posturing. I think it's an opportunity to cut more because they have a good excuse for it without, they've already taken the hit from it from a stock perspective, mm -hmm. right? So they don't have to worry about kind of taking a hit from doing this again. It's just like everybody, after a while, everybody in the bear market just kind of goes, oh yeah, no more layoffs. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. not, it's not even that big a fucking story. So. Yeah, I would also say, just to add to your points, Brad, that, you know, and these public companies have to report numbers every 90 days. And yep. right now what's going on since that stock, I don't know where it's at. Was it in a single digits or something? There's a lot of people that bought high up, lots of institutional players. And a couple of them will be on the board and then others will be just direct. And they're going to be in there pounding um, Brian Armstrong and his team to cut costs. You know, okay, the revenue is not growing. Well, you got to start, you know, cutting some people and, you know, getting getting your margins back and trying to get cash flow positive. Um, so that when it does recover, then we all go on a nice rocket ride because you don't want to carry a bunch of legacy dead weight. Um, you know, I know these are actual workers and there are real costs to them, but from a, you know, enterprise perspective, um, if it's not generating revenue, you cut it. So, um, I, well, they're up two, I mean, I feel sorry. Uh, yeah. 5.38% since the announcement, yeah. sitting at $40. Uh, since the 6th, they're up from $31.95 to $40.36. You know, look, these are the kinds of moves people want to see in the market right now. Yeah. Look, if you're not, if the revenue's not growing, you got to work the, the cost side. Um, so, I mean, not like what Elon's doing, but, you know, I, I think this is probably a good move. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the workers, guys... though. Yeah, of course. It sucks. But, Look, they're going to get nice, juicy severance packages. Uh, mm -hmm. And these are all people with skills that are still in demand in places in this world. And so yeah. uh, while there are people laying off, there are also people hiring their new products, launching, getting funding, et cetera. Uh, so well, also, also one other thing before you jump to the next topic. Also, I would suspect that, you know, their employment agreements, you know, for their option positions probably all vest immediately too at severance or oh, right at the end point. of it, because yep, usually yep. there's a clause of acceleration if you're not fired for cause or there's a change of control. So this yep. would clearly yeah, not be for cause. So those will be in good shape. Yep. Uh, Niblets asks, can you guys speculate on the double digit pumps the past couple of days? Are there fundamentals at work? Just pendulum swings? Or are we getting fooled by random randomness as Talib says? Um, well, I mean, look, the TA guys say we should expect this kind of last grass pump before the big dump. Uh, and that's kind of what I hear from folks. So, you know, it's just kind of the cycle of things. Um, Joe, you were talking on yesterday about, you know, look, everybody's kind of wait and see what happens this week with the 
with the announcements. And so that's people are kind of hoping for the soft landing news to be real and all of that. I, you know, I, I can't speculate beyond that, um, that, that, you know, why this is happening. Yeah. I don't see anything fundamental there that makes it happen. I mean, I think it's just got to, I think what's going on is that everybody's speculating on if it's a 50, you know, we're at what four, four and a quarter right now. The fed has openly said they're going to five five and a quarter. So there's another hundred bips in there for raise. I mean, I, you know, me, I like six myself for historical purposes. I don't know if you get there, but you know, the speculation's all on what the fed does next 50 bips or 25 bips. So if the inflation print comes in good, then all the odds shift to 25 bips. And so I think that's where you get people are like, remember on equities um, in particular, that that interest rate, uh, is it affects the cost of capital or the discount rate, um, and it's in the denominator. So it has an outsized effect, and that means valuation. So when people, when the street starts saying, oh, wait, maybe it's 20, I'm betting it's 25, then all the valuation models kick in, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, Coinbase isn't worth $43. It's really worth 47 in that scenario. So they all start taking positions. So that might be causing rally up. As to crypto, um, I think that's more of just a cascade from that underlying um, premise on risk on Absolutely. or risk off. That's just my guess. I don't know. Jerome Chirpao was talking tough this morning at nine. All right. Well, I guess. Yeah, we'll he's see, just right? trying to beat. Yeah, he's trying to beat down the Wall Street speculators. I mean, they've been trying to. I mean, they're doing like the wink, wink, nod, nod, hint, hint, hint. The shit's going up, you know. So I mean, they've been saying this forever. You get it, Shizzy. I get it. Brad gets it. Most people get it that are, you know, not, you know, the high flying investment banker or hedgy in 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 New York. Um, did I break up there? So no, you're good. Um, you're my, good. I think he's really just trying to take the wind out of the sails of the hedgies at Wall Street. You know, like stop effing with me. You know, stop yeah, trading yeah. against this, or we're going to break you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's a really good point because this is the last thing, the last thing they need are these pumps, right? I mean, that's so, yeah. Right. Um, uh, we talk about Peter Zihan a couple of times on the show um, and I listened to, he, put, he, he uh, Joe Rogan put out a new interview with him uh, over the weekend and a friend of mine pointed me to it. So I went to listen to him. Uh, it was really coherent shit, his normal kind of smart geopolitical economic stuff and uh, some really cool insights. And then Joe asked him about crypto. Um, and it kind of shattered uh, all my confidence in Peter's other analysis because it was such a shallow, you know, Bitcoin's going to less than zero negative. It's all Ponzi. It's all... It was the kind of just like wrote, like, I haven't taken a look at any of this. I just go by the speculative knowledge I have from other people and the shit they complain about it. And I was thoroughly disappointed that there wasn't like a little bit more depth and understanding to his point of view. So anyway, the Bitcoin community is up in arms um, um, about Peter Zihan this week. Yeah, I saw a ton of that on Twitter over the last couple of days. Just, and I wasn't quite picking up on it because I don't really... I'm sorry, I don't really know who he is that well. Um, oh. I see his name around. I mean, I know who Joe Rogan is, obviously, but, yeah. um, you know, I don't know he, all these, like, go ahead. 
Yeah, he just provides some, I mean, he's provided, we have actually even, I think I ran a clip of him at one point on the show, but I mean, he's got really what seemed to be smart, strong insights into China, smart, strong insights into- Oh, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And He's the geopolitics guy, right? He's the geopolitics, got it, okay. And and so, Mm -hmm. but what, what made me stop and think was, well, if he's taking such a fucking headline level view of Bitcoin, how much of his other fucking analysis is that too, right? Especially on the economic side. It was like, it was so shallow and so, because I've I've built up a large amount of respect for him reading and his mm-hmm. stuff. I get his newsletters every day and read those and his YouTube videos. I've, I've really been impressed with how well he calls things. And then to hear him be so, and it wasn't my, my, my disgust wasn't from a perspective of bias, although I know I have a bias, but it was more from the perspective of just how shallow his analysis was. It was like, he obviously only sees this as a speculative token that's traded on exchanges, has no idea what underlying functionality is there, how it functions, what it does, what it can do, and has no idea. Does he know it's proof of work? Does he know it's proof of work? It's hard to know from the from how surface level the shit was. I mean, it was so, mm-hmm. I was so disappointed. I I and I said that to my friends in this chat discussion I'm in, in on, on Twitter. I just was like, I don't, I really don't get. I'm really concerned about now all of his other analysis because if he hasn't taken a deep deep enough dive on this, he should have said, I don't know enough, right? Instead of, you know, sound, trying to sound like an expert on it. So that's that's why I was disappointed. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind of. You know, we tend to rely on people's opinions when they have like track records that have played out. Um, yeah. And, you know, then we give them credit for, you know, having unique insights. And then sometimes they get on and try to talk about what they don't know about. And someone, you know, if someone's like you's listening um, or Sean or, you know, yeah. any of us for that matter, you know, and you come off with this simplistic description of Bitcoin that is out of date at best, then it's going to color everything they say about it, but about crypto or Bitcoin. But then it's going to come back, like you said, to, well, when he says China doing this, where did all that come from? That insight, you know, it's like, right. um, And how is he reasoning it out? I suspect he's probably still really good on the geopolitics stuff because that's his domain expertise area. Um, And he was trying to like know Bitcoin better, but you know, it's easier to be surface on geopolitics because nobody really understands it because nobody's <laughs> talking to people. Um, but when you come into a Bitcoin community and try to be surface layer on Bitcoin, you're just going to get shredded. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you come in making bold pronouncements, I mean, exactly. I think the way, you know, I'm always someone who wants to learn more. So I'm not exactly. afraid to be wrong or express a, maybe what some might consider a naive question. Or a, because I want to know the answer. And I right. suspect if I'm asking it, there's at least a few other people out that want to know that answer, you know, and maybe another double that already know the answer, but it just yeah. gets the community caught up to speed. So I'm not afraid of that, but I don't sit there trying to pro, you know, basically uh, come in and out bit out Bitcoin, Sean, let's say, it's like, this is not going to happen. You're stupid. If you do that. No, exactly. Yeah. I hope he delves deeper, send him some stuff, get him on the show. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, let me see. Is this important? I don't remember. 
Oh, uh, the former FTX US president who resigned abruptly in September, 18 months on the job, uh, says he's going to spill dirt on everything that happened at FTX and hinted that he's actually cooperating with the federalities. So. Yeah, well, they all probably are cooperating. I just, yeah. I mean, I see how this, to me, I think this is how this is going to end again. Yep. Is it? I agree. It's going to stall out for two to three years. Then SBF's going to do a plea and he's going to get credit for time served under house arrest at his mom's house. And then he maybe gets a small minimum security thing, if anything, and a huge fine. And it's going to be game over for him at that point. I mean, skate time. But I think everybody else is, they've already pled guilty. You know, yeah. Caroline, the other Wang, I think. You know, I mean, Trabuco is also talking to the feds, I think I heard somewhere. Um, and this yeah. guy obviously is, you know, they're all, these guys are trying to stay out of jail now. This Brett guy, number one, you know, because you were there, dude. So yep. you left, but, you know, what'd you do while you were there? Oh, yeah. one wire, one wallet to wallet transfer of bad money is considered uh, wire fraud. And you see people get 20 years for that in this country for exactly. one case, you yeah. know. So, you know, I think these guys, you know, are all running for cover at this point. I'm not saying they're good people or bad people. I'm just saying it's amazing to me that all these people that had access to billions of dollars just really thought they were not going to get caught or didn't yeah. make plans to defend themselves properly. Exactly. Um, you know, get you know. all the stacks of evidence you need before you leave. Maybe he did. And then negotiate immunity, dude. You know, like, yeah. like I mean, you, you hold the cards. You, <laughs> I, what's amazing to me is that so far we haven't seen anyone with immunity. Everyone's pled guilty, like you said, to something. And that to me is uh, incredible. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, like, look at Carol. Look at attorney. Yeah, look at Caroline. So uh, I'm not going to pick on her. She's one of the many there. But but look, she goes in, I think, starts talking to the feds and pleads guilty. And now she's rolling on everybody. Well, what lawyer negotiated that deal? Of course. Because you, you would not be going in and pleading guilty. You'd be going in as a cooperating uh, witness in hope exactly. of, uh, you know, as much as I give you, then I can cut my own deal. You don't exactly. plead guilty out of the gate. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on, right. that's amateur hour. That it's is amateur hour. So yeah, it's so disappointing. The attorneys these people are hiring. It's like, what the hell? I don't get it. I think they just felt like the heat was so strong that they had to. And I'm like, you know what? You didn't have to do anything. You shouldn't. And no, you slow your they'll mind. make they'll make you feel that way. I mean, yeah. that's their whole. That's the playbook. That's what they want you to do is do this. And I'm not yeah. saying it's wrong or right. I'm just saying you got to know what you can and can't do. And, you know, they're going to threaten you um, with arrest and things like that. And you're just like, arrest me then, you know, yeah. arrest me, Go ahead. you know, Go ahead. and then, yeah. But, you know, we're cutting a deal. I'll, I'll sit in jail until we cut the deal. I don't care. Um, exactly. Because you lose all control when you plead guilty. So, yeah. you know, but you got to also make sure you got the money to pay the lawyers. Now, these guys had plenty of money sloshing around. And they were obviously looting the till, it looks like, pretty heavy. So, you know, they should have been, you know, stashing money for lawyers. And yep. I don't mean shitty podunk lawyers, pardon my French. I mean, like, connected lawyers. Yep. <laughs> because yep. they go get the deal done. They're like, oh, she fucked up, man. She's really sorry about it. She'll give all the money, but, you know, mom's dying and blah, blah, blah. Can we? She's a good kid. Can we cut her some slack? 
And, you know, usually people don't want to throw people in jail like that because she has plenty of arguments. I'm sorry. Yeah. And by the way, she may have much more information than you currently have about what's going on. I mean, that's the the leverage. Shizzy asked, if they all take deals, Caroline, Sam, Wong, who are they flipping on? No, everybody's flipping on Sam. Um, You know, there's no this idea that Gary Gensler is going to get somehow in trouble for this is, is I think next to slim to nothing opportunity. Yeah. I, um, I would I, I think, think more about, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brad. But, but they're flipping on Sam, Caroline Wong Harrison. Their goal is, is to get Sam. But ultimately what Joe was talking about earlier is, is that Sam is going to make a deal too. At the end of the day, the prosecutors don't want to have to go to court. They don't want to have to try it because if you've got the firepower with the attorneys and you've got like, you know, there was a long article the other day talking about the fact that um, Sam has been setting himself up for uh, inc- what is it? A capacity defense um, yeah. essentially is setting himself up to say, look, ADHD, depression, ADD, uh, autism, drugs, medic- drugs, massive medication. I did not know the decisions I was making. I did not know what I was doing. And that's been a very successful defense. Uh, in the past. And financial transactions are complex enough in financial trials, but cryptocurrency financial transactions, you're going to have a fuck of a time finding a jury that can keep up. And all it takes is a really fucking good, passionate attorney to confuse the shit out of you on purpose and make sure the jury comes back not guilty or mistrial or whatever. And that's the last thing the prosecutor wants. So the prosecutor is going to make a deal He's just making deals with Caroline and Wong and Harrison and everybody else in order to stack the deck for the deal with Sam, right? To be able to say, look, if I go to trial, I've got this, 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 and this. So you are going to do some jail time or you are going to do this and that. Um, end of the day, I think everybody is going to have, I doubt very seriously there will be a trial for anybody. So Yeah, because you got to think, I mean, Sam knows when you read this stuff and say the, well, I mean, the, the stuff that like Cameron's talking about in that open letter with DCG and the other players and the FTX collapse and all of that. Well, if they were so uh, interwoven, I mean, God, you know, he's got dirt on everybody at this point because he knows the transfers and he knew who did what. And I'm not talking about government guys. Then I'm talking about all these other, you know, from, uh, you know, um, the Terra guys, the three AC guys, uh, I don't think he probably knows much about Celsius, but you know, he definitely knows about DCG. He knows about Gemini. He knows about all those things and everything else. So that's the, that's his deal to be had. Um, yeah. and if there was any money going to government guys for favorable treatment or, you know, money going into packs from a centralized control person, um, you know, if that was foreign money, um, you know, that's against the rules, but basically whoever was running that and distributing donations to government, that would be someone the government want to know about too. Sure. So he's got study. If he has it on Gensler and those guys, which I don't really think he does, um, you know, he's holding that close to the vest or his lawyers yeah. are, and he'll use that, um, or whatever to get out. So I think, you know, again, no trials winds out. I mean, there was something out yesterday where, you know, the supposedly out of the Southern District in New York saying this is turning into this giant um, octopus investigation with that's going to require more resources than we have, which I kind of think is FUD from, um, you know, his attorneys to basically get that out there. Why are we spending all this money on this? Let's cut a deal uh, because that's what they do. They weave through and break down everything. Um, I think that that tells you that 
they are angling for some kind of thing to support Brad's points. That is not going to trial. Back on the Zyhan thing, Niblet said, amazing how often you can see pundits being wrong when they comment on topics you know something about. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, Let me see if I have anything. Oh, this was really cool. Urine Protocol has, uh, (coughs) sorry, Urine Finance has uh, made it so that now anyone can completely uh, permissionlessly and and without uh, any interaction with the protocol, create their own vaults on Urine. Uh, so they're all curve-based uh, factory vaults, I believe. But you can theoretically come in here, um, choose vaults, connect your wallet, choose vaults, set it all up completely. Uh, they cut their uh, performance commission down to 10%. Um, so you can actually come in here and create your own yield vault. Now, unfortunately, you don't get any of the 10%, but uh, it's still nice to have the ability to do this. This then opens the door for... Uh, other potential uses with the permissionlessness and the composability of it to be utilized on other platforms and protocols more than it already is um, because now they can have a mechanism for creating vaults within their protocol that may feed into another type of yield. So I was impressed with this. I'm excited to see that they're doing this. I think it's really... So scary. these are single single token vaults or are these... No, these are no, no, they're pairs. All, they're all different combination vaults. Uh, like this one's Gear ETH, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, right. Curve ETH, CVX ETH. But the idea nice is yields, you can create your... Yeah, the idea is you can create your own, right? You can... You can actually be a urine strategist without the norm. The old process was if you wanted to create a strategy for urine, you had to put it in front of the DAO for a vote. You had to do all the analysis, blah, 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 set it all up, get it ready, have to get it approved, then wait for it to get deployed, blah, blah, blah. Now you can create a vault, deploy it, and go, and you don't have to ask anybody's permission. So well, these are auto-compounding too. So how does it... I mean, are people swapping within these vaults? I don't really get where the yield no, comes no, no. from. The yield is from lending protocols, most for the most part, uh, from what I understand about how urine functions. So, uh, okay. but I, I would have to dive deeper into each of these uh, potential curve pools to understand how they work within the spectrum of vault. So, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I like it though. I mean, look, curve's been up what from fifty-two to I think sixty-five cents today, right around there. So in the last couple of days, so that's made a nice run. And I was trying to figure out why. <laughs> Um, you know, because I've, you know, I always like her. That release yesterday. A smart move mm. by them. Really is a smart move. It helped yeah. 64, 64.9. So uh, good to see. Niblet says maybe tomorrow we can talk about trading up and coming tokens with little with little on the left of the chart that can be traded for free right. profit and airdrops. Said, I think we need a little fun. Yeah, we can take a look at some of those. Um, yeah, let's do it. A little traipsing through DeFi Llama and, and elsewhere to see what's new, what's exciting, what's coming out. Uh, no problem. And also, yeah. Some time. Over the last couple of days, going through the raises uh, stuff on DeFi Llama, and uh, there's some really interesting stuff in there in terms of what people are, what the big VC firms are investing in, and what's priority, et cetera. So, well, in, in all in, in Limbless and, and everyone else, you know, um, bring your bring your tips too with you tomorrow. Yeah, let's so hey, we we'll look stuff and yeah, let's crowdsource you guys, this. A bit. Got, yeah, and I tell you what, anybody that had an idea. For a topic, a token to be talked about, send it over to Joe or me in uh, Telegram or DMs on Twitter, and you know we'll send you an invite to come on and talk about it. It'd be yeah. a lot easier than you and me trying to decipher it, Joe. Let's have them. Limblets, you have some ideas. Shizzy, Euphoric, anybody else has a token or project you're interested in that has a little short uh, time frame on history? Uh, we'd love to have you guys come on and actually chat about it. Bring join the show. 
Let's unlock the ship and financial intel. Okay, man. Well, find a token. But, Let's talk about it. Yeah, but the fact, yeah, like you said, Brad, that um, I know we're getting ready to close out, but um, that, you know, everybody's seeing different data feeds. So if you see something like, you know, uh, that you, that I haven't seen, you know, I would be curious to know about it, the new stuff that you like. I mean, there's a lot on our, our beat, Arbitrum. Um, there's a lot of new stuff floating around, Phantom, Polygon. So let's kind of dig in and figure out what we can find. I know we all have our favorites or the yeah. ones that we're kind of tracking. Um, you know, yeah. I got a couple of those too. So, you know, I'll bring those to the table. Um, and everybody else, if you have something, fine. If not, no pressure. You know. Hey, all you uh all you Coinbase uh folks getting laid off, B and B chain just posted a new job board for jobs within the Ooh. their DeFi ecosystem. 142 openings right now amongst uh, fifty two projects. So what yeah, do we got there? Maybe there's, maybe there's something Oh, these are for the projects. Oh these are for projects on B and B chain. So DeFi product marketing manager at Venus Protocol, financial controller at Woo Network, finance operations manager at Everest Ventures Group. There's like six jobs from them. Uh, UI UX designer, front end developer, mm. operations lead, technical lead, marketing intern, marketing content writer. I mean, seriously, whatever skill set you have, there is a job out there in crypto for you if you want to get in and, and start working in the crypto space. So um, God knows if they pay well. I don't know what's going on, but um there's a lot of variety available positions open um so check it out yeah no that's cool good good idea dude yeah a couple of other things but we'll talk about them tomorrow or the next day uh i took a deeper dive into layer zero we could talk about that some more trying to understand it better the guys at blockmates did a great uh explainer there's a new oracles platform called dio or it may not be new but it's the first time i've heard about it uh actually pretty impressive it's on 30 plus blockchains um, looks like they have a good amount of data already available in the chain in the oracles. Um, so we can talk about that in the future here. And I think that's all I had for today. Anyway, Joe, I think we're good on time and uh, wrap it up. Shizzy said, I'm excited for that PI poor video. I've been staking since early December. I was hoping to be in the airdrop. Any idea of the cutoff, Brad? He did not give me any definitive uh, concepts on when the cutoff for that was. He said uh, that they were, I, I, I may be even like, I think he's good. They're going to announce it tomorrow. <laughs> shh, shh, don't tell anybody I told you guys. Um, oh, wait, what is this? Uh, what, where is this? Uh, iPor? This is the iPor airdrop. Quickly. I Let me get into the Telegram channel. I think they, Brad I think talking shit about it. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a leak. Tomorrow, so don't go out. Don't go asking them questions until after they announce it tomorrow, Shizzy. Uh, okay, anyway, iPor. Uh, What's the token? IO. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think the token, I don't even know if the, the token's out yet. I think that's coming Jeez. with the airdrop. Um, All right, I better jump in and do something. Just keep the, shh, be quiet. Don't ask him any questions Sorry. about the airdrop. Don't ask they him about the airdrop yet. I think I. I think I. What airdrop? Early on that. Oh, there is no. What airdrop? You pour, I pour. Uh, okay, that's it, Joe. I'm out. All right, buddy. Have a good day, Jeez. man. Thanks, everyone. Shizzy Niblets, Euphoric, Renora, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you guys contributing and uh, being part of the conversation. Thank you for listening and watching. If you're watching on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, look, take two minutes. Go rate and review us, please. Subscribe. Make sure you get updated when we get the latest stuff. YouTube, the same goes. Click that, uh, click that thumbs up for us if you could. Smash it. Click the little bell. Smash that thumbs up for us. Joe likes when I say smash it. <laughs> I, drilled, I drilled through my finger last night. Uh, Ouch. And and uh, um, still working on your safe subscribe. cracking skills. 
Give us ratings and reviews. Tell all your friends and family about us. We will be passing out free candy canes to everybody that uh, shills us. Yeah. Hey, if, if, if you got to let your ex, it's not working. If you send it to Brad, he knows how to drill them open. You just got to give him the seed phrase too. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I had a project send me a brand new uh, digital wallet uh, that they what? wanted to review. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pretty fancy actually. And I, and they also sent me a steel plated wallet where you put the, the, the private key numbers on and then stuck it in a, in a, in a safety storage, safety box, safe deposit box. Anyway, so uh, as soon as I get some time this weekend, I'm going to try to play with that a little bit, see how it is. So Nice. That's cool. Yeah, Maybe cool. we'll do like a, um, you know, we'll like do a crowdfunded uh, due diligence. Well, what do we used to call those? Um, dog pile, we used to call them, you know, yeah, where well, everybody's everybody dog piling on someone. The, everybody can yep. send money to that address for that wallet, and then I'll let them know if it worked well or not. There you go. There you go. You're going to give everybody your seed phrase so they can do that properly? No, no, no. no. Just the wall address. Shizzy said, speaking of layer zero, stake some STG just in case. All right, man. We'll do it. Yeah, wait, wait. Tell me, what does that mean? What does that mean? Hold on. Layer zero. Uh, I assume he means stake some STG just in case there's an airdrop uh, for layer zero, oh. which is the uh, endpoint cross-chain uh, system. Okay, cool. I was I talking about down. yesterday and a little bit earlier. Yeah, sorry. There's just so much going in, it doesn't all stay. I'll, Joe, I'm going to send you a link that uh, the Blockmates article that describes the Layer Zero stuff. It's actually pretty cool. No, oh, cool. Thanks, man. So, all right, guys. Thank awesome. you very much. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. See you tomorrow. See Be ya. safe. Be smart. See you, Brad. See you, buddy.